podcast, fastest hour of the week, and we trust that you've had a blessed week so far. And again, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to spend time with us as we look at current events, things that are going on in the world, and we uh, parallel them. We look at them not just through the lens of natural eyes, but spiritual eyes. We look at them through the Word of God and understand that in the Bible there is an answer, a solution for every problem that you and I are facing, our nation is facing, the world as a whole is facing. The Bible is the answer. And uh, we're going to look at a couple things tonight uh, that I think one of them is a very big uh, topic that's that's going around everywhere on social media. Uh, and it's I, I watched this actually a movie that I watched today. It's very eye-opening. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk about a few of these things because I believe that and I've, I've said this on previous podcasts, but I believe one of the church's biggest faults, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not throwing shade, I, I'm, I'm guilty because I'm part of the church, but the church as a whole, when we win a battle, we like to uh, wipe up our battle scars, clean them up, and then we go get in our lazy boy recliners and kick back and think that, well, we won the battle, everything's okay, and we just get comfortable. But the church has to continue to fight. The church cannot quit fighting for what we believe and standing on the word of God. We, we can't afford to get tired and weary and complacent. You know, Galatians uh, chapter 6, verse 9, he tells us not to not grow weary in well-doing. And, you know, we've got to keep on fighting. We've got to keep pressing. Like Paul said, press toward the mark of the high call. We have to keep doing that. And when we begin to look at our society that we live in, the, the, they're, they're indoctrinating our children. Uh, you know, a lot of things that are going on when you look at our younger generations, they have a whole different mindset, a whole different belief system than even we did at our age. You know, I'm, I'm in my late 40s, but it's a complete different mindset and viewpoints because of what they're being taught and how society has shifted. Society has changed. And, you know, used to years ago and not too long ago, but it was not all about me, me, me. It was what can I do to help my fellow uh, citizen, my fellow neighbor, my, my brother, my sister, my fellow American We've done things like that. You know, I can remember a time when if you seen somebody stranded on the side of the road, uh, you know, you stopped and helped them. You'd help them change a tire. You'd take them to get a ride to the gas store or gas station to get gas. But even in today's society, you can't necessarily do that because of safety factors, because uh, people will stop on the side of the road and make it look like they're stranded and then when you go to uh stop and help them being a good samaritan just being a good person you know uh they'll rob you or they they may kill you uh you know hijack your car different things like that and we we we've seen this shift even to the point of you know the way i was raised um i just if i'm walking into a store or walking out of a store or a building just in general 
and somebody's coming in behind me or coming going outside behind me, I don't look at the their gender. I don't look to see whether they're male or female. I don't look to see whether they're black or white or Asian or uh, Hispanic. I don't look at any of that. Just the way I was raised, just being a decent human, uh, I'm just being polite. I will hold the door for people and let them go in first or let them go out first. It's just a common courtesy. It's just being nice. And, you know, a lot of people will thank you or, or, or give me a nod. You know, in the South, we, we just do a nod like that, and that, that says, hello, how you doing, or, you know, goodbye, see you later. But I've had people in the past recently, you know, that will, will almost look at me and detest, like, who do you think you are? You know, why, why are you holding the door for me? And, you know, different things like that. Um, you know, you go into restaurants now, uh, people are just not as polite and as pleasant as they used to be. And I believe a lot of it is because our moral standards that we, you and I, a lot of us that are watching, the moral standards have, have not just dropped, but they've plummeted almost completely out of sight. And, you know, we, the church here recently, we, we made a big stand against abortion and, you know, it, um, when 45 was uh, president, we made a big stand about it. We prayed, we, we sought God about it. And, you know, it didn't seem like anything was going to happen. But then once, uh, our 46th president, uh, come into office, even under that vile administration, they, the Supreme court overturned Roe versus Wade and the church, I hope every church, but I know every church didn't. Um, I believe your true churches, your true uh, churches that have a backbone and a spine that's not scared to speak the truth of God's word, even in the political realm, we celebrated a victory because abortion had been taken away from the federal government and placed back into the hands of the state. So now it's each state's decision what they do on abortion. And we've seen reports where abortion uh, had plummeted all across the United States of America. And, you know, which we know, those of you that watch and follow us here or go to church here, um, we believe it, whatever it is that abortion under any circumstance or for the most part is, is murder, you know. And a lot of times if you study out the word of God, see the abortion is not something new. Uh, this has been going on since Bible times. They back in the Old Testament, the they would sacrifice their children to the god Baal, and it was a sacrificial worship. Well, it that's the same thing they're doing here, and we we won this Roe versus Wade so that they, it overturned that that the federal government had the say on abortion. They put it back into the states, and the church rejoiced. But then the church. Uh, for the most part, a lot of it got quiet. And I was reading an, uh, on X, which is formerly known as Twitter, um, was following some things there, and I seen a post from Cosmopolitan Magazine, which many of you may be aware of. Um, but there's a, it's the TST is their abbreviation, but it's a satanic temple in New Mexico, and they're offering... Now, y'all listen to me. This, you, you, 
you want to laugh because it, it almost seems silly, but at the same time, when you look at the world and what we're living in now, the things that seem preposterous or absurd or just absolutely ridiculous are commonplace now. And a lot of people are just batting an eye at it. Oh, well, that's their belief. They can do what they want. But anyway, this satanic temple in New Mexico is now offering satanic ceremonies during your abortion. Okay, I'm going to give a few of you some time to get up off the floor or pick your jaw up. I'm going to say that again. There's a satanic temple in New Mexico that is offering a satanic ceremony during your abortion. And Cosmopolitan wrote this article on this. Now, I'm going to read a few things that come straight from Cosmopolitan magazine. And it says here, and Josh has the one picture. You want to go and put that first picture up. This is part of what their article is talking about. So you can tell I'm not making this up. I'm reading it right from what they're saying. But in the red there, it says, so how does a satanic abortion ceremony even work? Patients of all faiths are welcome at Samuel Alito's Mom's Satanic Abortion Clinic in New Mexico, along with medical counsel, the TST offers a free ceremonial support to everyone. Abortion ceremonies are totally optional and customizable. Here's a sample of the TST trends. Now, if you go over on that same picture, there was a caption there where they wrote, What's it like to have a satanic abortion? For Jessica, a 37-year-old mother of three who received abortion medication via Samuel Alito's mom's satanic clinic, the experience was just very supportive. While she's not a Satanist, Jessica decided to incorporate a few ceremonial elements into her solo abortion experience. She said, why not? She thought the overall meaning or overall messaging just clicked with her and she read about it, or you can read more about it uh, in their magazine. I'm not going to go into all the details, but there's another uh, one that I didn't post, but it's, it's on their website as well. And this is talking about the actual process. And it says here, take a few deep, relaxing breaths, and when you're ready, read the following tenet aloud. One's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Take the medication and immediately after recite this belief. Belief should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort the scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Now, I want to look just a little deeper into that because it says here in this thing, it says what the thing, you're, the tenet that you're supposed to read aloud, one's body is inviolable subject to one's own will alone. Now, notice here that they're telling people that it's all about you. It's your will and what you want. Now, what Jesus taught 
And we all know this, that when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion, he knew what was coming. And as he was praying, it, the Bible said that, that he, he had shed drops of blood as sweat. His sweat became blood because he said out of his own mouth, not my will be done, but yours. So you see, even in this, they say, well, the Satanists, is, they don't really worship Satan. Uh, one of the parts I was reading, they haven't actually, and it, it's, I don't know, I, I don't even see how it works this way, but they have an ordained minister at the Satanist uh, temple, and they said, he said that, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly how, he, he said, we don't believe of Satan as an actual being or entity, he's more of a mascot. So, the way Satan works is he takes away him but makes you think all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. And then this thing went on and, and it said that the beliefs should not conform to one's best scientific understanding. The Bible says to be not conformed. You see, the Bible says to be not conformed, to be transformed. But yet the Satanist temple is telling these people that they should conform to one's best scientific. You know, according to the science, everything's about science. Is science this? Well, what does science say? Well, I really don't care what science says. What does God's word say? Because what I have found out, and I believe most of you agree with me on this, is scientists only believe what the people paying them pay them to say they believe. You know, the, these scientists are, are actually just spokesmen for the, the biggest donor into their pockets. So we see these things happening, and now you begin to understand um, that, that, that these abortions, they have even come out and now are saying from a satanic temple that we will help you with your abortion and, and they've even gone to telemedicine. So you can, you can phone in or, or video in, meet with one of their caregivers or doctors, and they will mail you your abortion medicine. I mean, this is, this is how far it's went. Now, it has to be within the state of New Mexico. They can't mail it outside the state because of, of the, the overturn of Roe versus Wade. But these things, the other thing I wanted to bring out about this is um, the name of this clinic is, I'm trying to find it, Samuel Alito's Mom's Satanic Clinic. Alito was one of the main justices on the Supreme Court that, over, that helped overturn Roe versus Wade. He, I believe his was the tiebreaker vote. But at any rate, the Satanists and those, those pro-abortion people had made the remark that they wished that Samuel Alito's mom would have had an abortion because then he wouldn't have been here and been able to vote. So to try to get back at him, they've called it Samuel, Samuel Alito's mom's satanic clinic. These things are going on right in front of our face, and a lot of us just think, oh, well, everything's good, and... Uh, we're, we're, we're making it. God's blessing me, and, and you know, if everything's going to be all right. Well, for the believer, yes, everything's going to be all right, but we've still got to fight. Just because 
God is on our side and we know that we win does not give us the right. And I believe that we'll be judged before when we stand before God on how we fought. Did we get over in a corner and just, well, I, it's just me, my four in God, and he's going to supply my need, but not theirs out there. It's a rough world and I'm not going to get involved with it. I'm just going to mind my own business, you know, and then everybody wants to holler separation of church and state and they don't even understand the concept of what the the truth of why church and state was even established. They've never researched it. They've just heard somebody that they think is smart or somebody that they esteem as educated say that separation of church and state means that the church can't talk about the state and the federal government, which is not at all why it was established. But we're not going to go into that for sake of time tonight, but I want you to understand that our battle is not done. We have to continue to fight the good fight of faith. We have to continue to keep pressing toward the mark of the high call because our world is, we're headed off of a cliff and we're facing things that we have never thought possible to be uh, happening in the United States of America. And, you know, one of the things that I have begun to notice, I've actually noticed it for a while, but it's come more prevalent in the last uh, year at least, uh, maybe even before. But the next time you watch the news, which I don't suggest watching much of it because there's not a news platform on TV right now that's even telling the truth. I don't even care if it's Fox News. Fox News is bought and paid for but they are allowed to be a little bit leaning towards the conservative side so that they keep viewers. But even Fox News is bought and paid for by the elites. And you can argue with me all you want on that, but it's the truth. But when you begin to look at all of these things that are going on, all these news media and all these senators, uh, especially Democrat senators, when they get on the news, when they get in front of a microphone, they keep talking about that it's what's happening is, um, you know, with the with 45 and with the, the MAGA movement and the conservatives, they all want to refer to us and say, well, they're going to destroy democracy. They're going to destroy democracy. It'll be a blow to democracy. It'll be this democracy. Failing to, nobody's even taking a moment to sit back and realize that we're the United States of America, we're a republic. <laughs> we are, and you never hear them say nothing about us being a republic. Why? Because they want that as far away from your thought process and your reasoning as possible. They want everything to be about democracy, 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 you know. So those are things that we need to be aware of, and we need to continue to pray for the United States of America, we need to continue to pray for revival to hit these streets and to hit our churches, to hit our schools, to hit our uh, state capitol buildings, our local government buildings, all the way up to the federal government. We need a fresh wind, a fresh fire of God flowing in this nation. The fight is not over. I believe the fight's just begun. We've just begun to fight. And you say, yeah, but, but how long is this going to last? Well, it, it, it doesn't matter. The Bible says those that wait upon the Lord, 
shall renew their strength. Now, when you look at that scripture and you look at the word wait there, when you look into the Hebrew, it's not the word wait like we think when we're waiting to be seated at a restaurant. It's not that. It's not, oh, I've got to wait 30 minutes. It's wait in the sense of a waiter, a server, somebody that's serving and doing. We are to wait upon the Lord. That means we're to serve God. We're to go out and preach the gospel into the highways and the byways. Be a light unto anyone that will listen. And while we're doing that, he said that he would renew our strength. We won't be tired. We won't get weary because we're doing what the Father has told us to do. And whatever he calls us to, he equips us for and he gives us strength to do the job that he's called us to do. So we need to begin to pray against these satanic temples that are doing these abortions. We need to make sure whatever state you may be watching from, make sure that your state's not allowing these things to happen. And yeah, I'm not saying we need to go and, and do these protests in front of these clinics because I don't believe that necessarily does the job. But when we get on our knees as a church and begin to pray and cry out to God, he hears our cry. The Bible says that. And I believe that this battle has to be fought in the presence of a mighty God through the praying of the whole and praying in tongues in the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, it said when he comes, the comforter, he will lead us and guide us in all truth. He will navigate our steps. He will tell us how to fight against these things. But that's one of the things that I wanted to make you aware of is this satanic temple. And, you know, the other thing that we have to realize is the government and even in our local government, state level, and all of these federal people that keep crying about abortion, 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 they don't care about a woman's choice. The only reason they care about this choice is because it's a political stunt. It's a political stepping stone for them because they believe by saying it's about women's rights, it's about women's rights, that they'll get the woman vote, the female vote, which we're finding out now that people are saying, no, wait a minute, y'all are not for us. You, you're not governing for us. You know, you're making laws to make things harder for us. And the bottom line, you may be for abortion. You may be watching and you may say, you know what? I believe in abortion. Well, that's your right to believe in it. But it doesn't change the fact that when a nation stands for the murdering and the slaughter of innocent children, that God will judge that nation. And I believe part of what we're seeing right now, I believe is part of the judgment on our nation. Yes, I believe God will protect us as Christians, but it doesn't mean we're still not going to have to go through some things because the nation as a whole has turned its back on God. We, we are no longer a, a Christian nation. This is a nation that has pushed away from God and said, we don't need you to govern us, just like the children of Israel did. I mean, you know, the children of Israel, what did they want? They wanted a leader that was tall, strong, and had a, a, a tall stature, and they got Saul because that was who they wanted. And God said, well, I'll do the best I can with him. But it wasn't him that God wanted. God wanted David. So you see, 
we have to be more like David and know at the right times when we're going to step up and do what God has called us to do. Because I don't believe, and I don't want you to be discouraged that, that God's turned his back on this nation. It's not that. God will never turn his back on us, but this nation has turned its back on God. And the next thing that I want to talk about, we'll see this even more. And this is another thing. You know, John 10, 10, a very familiar passage of Scripture, says that Satan is like a roaring lion, you know, or I mean, he says that the thief, I got mixed up, I'm getting on my soapbox here, but it says the, the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus has come that you may have life and have it more abundant. When you begin to look at what's going on, you can understand that this is an attack from the enemy. This is a satanic onslaught against the not just this nation but the world because God is not for stealing, God is not for killing, and God is not for destroying. So if God is not for those three, but we see killing, stealing, and destroying constantly in our news feeds, constantly just being berated by news about uh, destruction and death and and people stealing and, and all these things, you know if it's not from God, it can only come from one other source, and that's Satan. That's this antichrist agenda. You know, it's a sad day in a lot of your big cities where malls, huge malls are shutting down because people are constantly stealing items from their stores. I've seen news reports where even in local Walmarts and, and places like that in big cities, they are having to run cables through dish detergent, laundry detergent, anything that they can lock down, they're having to lock it down. And if you want to buy groceries, you have to get somebody to unlock it so you can get something. Why? It's because these big store chains are losing money because people are constantly stealing. And then you look at the murder rates all over. It's, it's you know, people have no regard for a human life, you know, so things are constantly happening like that. Destruction is everywhere. You know, all across the world, there's destruction. Every, every time you turn around, whether it's a, a, a train derailment, uh, uh, oil refinery blows up, there's, uh, you know, building collapses, uh, wars are going on, there's constant destruction. And there's a new movie that just come out. Some of you may have already watched it. Uh, it's one of them. I'm not going to suggest you watch it, but if you're like me and you get into a little bit of the, you know, what some people consider conspiracies, which the one thing I've noticed is all the conspiracy theories that I believed in are now come true. So they're not conspiracy theories anymore. They're truth. But when you, you if you like that kind of stuff, watch the movie, watch it with, with, uh, you know, understanding that, it's not to put fear in you from our, our perspective because God will protect us. But this movie was created, I believe, to put fear, to instill fear into people so that they'll reach out and say, whatever y'all want to do, whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. You know, and the thing about this movie is this movie is called Leave the World Behind. It is a Netflix exclusive, so you can only watch it on Netflix. But I kept seeing people post about this movie, and I kept seeing different things like that, you know, and, and it, 
it was getting a lot of traction. So I had went and watched the preview of it. And at that time, I didn't really know what was going on with it. And, you know, I kind of like some of these apocalyptic type movies, uh, you know, World's End, things like that, just to see how crazy uh, they portray these things. But when I got to doing a little research last night, I found out that this movie, this new movie, Leave the World Behind, their executive producers of this movie are Barack and Michelle, or a.k.a. Big Mike Obama. So Barack and his husband, they exec were the executive producers of this movie. Now, an article that I, I didn't bring it up, but I was reading today, and the guy that actually directed the movie, when he, he had wrote Obama and said, I need notes on exactly how uh, you want this movie to end, how you want this movie to be portrayed, what, what story you want to tell. And he said that the notes were so detailed that it scared the, and he used a four-letter word, and it wasn't, didn't start with an S, but it scared that out of him. That's coming from the director. Now, one of my questions is, why would a former president, former sitting president of the United States of America, want to write or produce a movie about a coming attack on the United States of America that would completely collapse our government? And, you know, it, it just blows my mind. So anyway, this morning I got up and uh, got me some coffee and sat down and I turned on Netflix and I watched this movie. And one of the things that really stood out to me uh, at the beginning and, you know, uh, it just, some people, and some of you may think this is silly, and, and that's okay if you do. It's all right. But it's things that I noticed because uh, I, the Bible says we'll perish for a lack of knowledge. So I believe looking into some of this stuff, it helps us see what's going on. And one of the things that really stood out to me is if you look at the screen caption of this movie, and I believe Josh has got it, if you look at the screen caption of this movie, um, Julia Roberts is one of the actors, uh, and then there's a couple different people. But I, I, some of you people will understand this. When you put this up on the screen, and the way they have it laid out, the Julia Roberts and uh, I can't remember the other guy's names. I don't have it right in front of me. But the way they line their names up, if you look going from top to bottom, and, and Josh highlighted it for us, but it spells out Bell or Baal, however you want to say it, B-A-A-L. So these things are stuff they put in and they form it this way so that it's there. You see it, but you don't see it. And, you know, that was one of the first things that I noticed in this movie, and I thought, well, okay. Now, there's a whole lot of other stuff I could go into about this movie, and we might do that later on, but I'm not going to right now. But basically, I'm going to give you the gist of the movie. Again, they some of you, I believe, you'll probably go watch it. You'll see what I'm talking about. But I'm going to give you a, a gist of the movie. But it's basically about a cyber attack which will bring a communication breakdown. Now, the funny, well, nah, not really funny, but the, the interesting thing about this is this movie was produced, uh, I'm sure, back in spring and summer of this year, 
and it was just released after, you know, they have to edit and do all this post-production stuff and all that, and then they can release the movie. But while they're producing this movie, what's the odds or the coincidence that also at the World Economic Forum this summer or spring, whatever it was, Klaus Schwab, which many of y'all are familiar with, there's actually a video, you can find it on X, which is formerly Twitter, but he is speaking, and he says out of his own mouth, and you can go find it and watch it so you know that I'm not making this up, but he said, pay close attention to the, a coming major frightening cyber attack that would make COVID-19 that crisis pale into comparison. He said this would be a major cyber attack which would bring a complete halt to our power grids, transportation, health care, and our society as a whole. That's what Klaus Schwab said at the WEL Forum, the World Economic Forum, this past uh, year when they had it. Now, what are the coincidences of him saying that? And that is exactly what this movie is about. This movie is about a cyber attack that has hit the United States of America and, you know, uh, catastrophe, freeways are shut down, health care shut down, um, your, your power grids, all of these things are shut down. So, you know, you can't get on the, the freeways because cars are shut down. One of the other interesting things that I, I thought was it was kind of comical. It was kind of a slam on Elon Musk, and some of y'all may not like him. Um, me particularly, I've, I've kind of grown fond of the guy because he's about free speech and you know, uh, not not shutting down or, or trying to shadow ban all of the conservative people that want to say things. But in this movie, and most of you know that that he also not only does he own uh, X but he owns, you know, SpaceX, and not only that, but he owns Tesla, which is the electric cars. Now, I don't like electric cars. I could care less for one of them. Uh, you know, there's nothing appealing about them or anything. But, you know, anyway, y'all know that he has come under a lot of scrutiny and a lot of attack from the, 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 lean, the left-leaning people, the Democrats. Um, he's come under a huge attack from them, and I thought what was funny in this movie is uh, Julia Roberts and her husband and kids are trying to get on the expressway off of this side road, and there's a backup of a lot of white cars. And I got to noticing right off the bat they're all Teslas. Well, one of the things is they were all brand-new cars, still had the window sticker in them, and they were all crashing on the, the, the expressway on-ramp because when this cyber attack happens, uh, these self-driving cars just kind of go off on their own and do their own thing. Well, the thing that's funny is I thought that, you know, that's trying to hurt Tesla because Elon has come out and, and allowing free speech and he's come out against Klaus Schwab and different ones like that. So I thought that was kind of a, a comical side note there. But reading a lot of the comments that I've read from people that have watched this movie, um, a lot of people, these are people that live around here and even, you know, some of them I know personally, um, they don't go to church with us or anything, but it's just people I know in the community and even people that have watched it and I've seen their comments 
on social media is it was a great movie, scared the hell out of me. That's what people are saying. So, you know, this movie is to instill fear into people because bottom line is most people could not live. And that, I mean, how many of you think about it? How many of you can lay your cell phone down or your computer or your laptop for longer than 30 minutes? I don't know that many of us can go through a day without at some point every few minutes grabbing our phone, grabbing our laptop, grabbing our iPad, whatever it is, to to feel like we're connected. It's something about when you don't have that that cellular device or that uh, iPad right there with you and you can't get on social media, you feel like you've been disconnected from the world. And it puts fear in you. You can't find out what's going on. You don't. You can't communicate to see what's happening, you know. And that's the way that all of this has been created, so that we feel like we're connected to the world because we have these electronic devices. But when a cyber attack happens, and the internet goes down, it doesn't just cripple our our cellular devices, our social media, things like that. It, you know, it's going to shut down transportation because most of your uh, your infrastructure, or as uh, what's the the governor from or the senator from uh, Pennsylvania that dresses in jogging suits all the time, I can't remember his name right now. He says infrastructure because he's not smart enough to say infrastructure, but it's going to shut all these things down. You know, uh, your toll roads, toll bridges, uh, trains your ships, your air uh, air traffic controlling, all of these things will crash immediately. And, you know, there's not going to be any way to control them because all of this stuff is controlled via satellites and all these different things. You, you won't be able to go use your, uh, you know, most everybody, nobody carries cash anymore. Uh, they all carry a debit card. Those things won't work. You can't go buy gas. You couldn't even pump the gas because... Our power grids are connected and controlled. That infrastructure is controlled by, uh, you know, the Internet and the communications. Like so when you take all these things out, even our power grids are going to be attacked. So people in these big cities and things, they're going to be in uh, this huge panic and they're going to want to have somebody to come in and say, hey, this is what we need to do. This is. This is how we need to approach this and address this, and this is what's going on. People are always looking for somebody else to tell them what to do, how to do it, and where to go because we've become lazy as a society. We want somebody else to do the work, and then we'll just do what they say do. And what's going to happen if, if something like this does happen in America, and me personally, I believe it's going to happen or some part of it may happen, but people that don't have the word of God are going to live in fear. And even those of you that walk according to the scripture, you're going to have an opportunity to walk in fear because of these things. But God said over and over and over again in his word, fear not, fear not. I will. I refuse to walk in fear. I refuse to be controlled by something that's contrary to the word of God. God will stay with us. The Holy Spirit will never leave us nor forsake us. He's going to be with us. So even when these things begin to happen, if they do, 
Do not walk in fear. Do not be concerned. Always know that God, if we seek him, if we have that relationship to him, the Bible says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I don't know about you and I'm not a, uh, I'm not a theologian. I don't have no degrees in big abbreviations by my name. But just me with my simple thinking, if I'm close to God, the closer I am to him, the better off I am because nothing can harm God. Nothing can stop God. He's God. So if I'm close to him, then I'm protected. So keep walking according to what you know the word of God says do. Don't let these things take your eyes off of the fact that Jesus soon and very soon is going to split that eastern sky and he's going to call his children home. All of these things, like the Bible says, has to happen. All of these things are going to happen. It's not taking God by surprise. He knows everything that's going on. So, you know, in this movie, one of the things that I thought was very uh, interesting, Kevin Bacon, he plays a uh, doomsday prepper kind of guy, um, which I'm not into the doomsday prepper stuff. Uh, I'm not against, you know, having some extra water and some canned foods and stuff like that stored a little extra in your house in case something like this happens. But bottom line is God will supply my need according to his riches and glory. And he will yours too, if you believe that. But in this movie, these two guys, two of the main actors have to go up to Kevin Bacon's house and they're trying to get an antibiotic for the, one of the sons that's very sick. And he begins to tell them about some things that he's heard from some of his conspiracy friends. And he said, you know, these things were going to happen. So when they get back in the car, the one guy looks at the other guy and he, he says, I've worked with people in the defense contract uh, arena, you know, so in the, in all of this, he said, I, I look at numbers and crunch numbers for them. And he said, one of the things that they have and it's very inexpensive. It's the least expensive of all the ways to control a country or destroy a nation is a three-step move. And he said this three-step move would cripple an entire nation. The first part of that, the first part of that three steps is isolation. He said isolation, you disable communication, transportation, you make people deaf, dumb, and paralyzed as possible meaning they don't know what's going on outside of where they are. They can't find out anything. People go into total panic. That's what happened in this movie. That's the same thing that Klaus Schwab is saying he says is going to happen in the near future. What's the coincidence that the Obamas produce a movie that's saying the same thing Klaus Schwab said is coming? Then the second step was called synchronized chaos. You terrorize with attacks and misinformation, which is something we see happening now, and it overwhelms the defense systems in the military. And without clear enemies, people will begin to turn on each other. And you begin to see that at that movie that this guy that had the medicine, this doomsday prepper, he has a gun pulled on these other two, and they have a gun pulled on him, even though at one point in time they were friends. So all these things begin to happen. And then this guy says, well, what's number three? What's the third thing that's going to happen? And he looks at him and says, civil war and collapse. Because once the isolations happen, 
and nobody can find that information, nobody can go anywhere and do anything, people start getting hungry. They get, uh, you know, uh, petrified or, or whatever you want to call it with fear, overtaken with fear. They'll begin to fight against one another because it then becomes survival of the fittest. You know, you got to do what you got to do to take care of your own. So that by itself causes that civil war and the collapse of a nation. I don't think there's a coincidence that these things were in that movie. I don't think that it's a, a coincidence that Klaus Schwab is saying that all of these people uh, want you to know what's coming so that it, it you're like, well, I knew it, but you know, there's nothing we can do, but there is things we can do. We can pray against these things and we can trust God. We can put the right people in office. And I know some of you say, well, it don't matter how we vote. Um, they, the, the elections are rigged and all that. And, and I know that's true, but we still have to do our part and pray that those righteous men will stand up and do what is right for our country. So those are things I want you to be aware of. The last one, and this is it, it's just ridiculous, but there was a satanic altar, and you can find it on X where I did, and Josh has a picture up, but there's a satanic altar on display in the Iowa State Capitol building. And you'll see on this picture when he puts it up that they have an altar of candles lit and this satanic being, which I believe is one of the, the gods, Dagon or, or Baal, whichever one you want to call it. When, when you see this, it, it's sitting right in the Capitol building for anybody to walk in and see. Now, when I went in and read the comments on this, you know, people are hollering, well, you, you can't fuss about it because, you know, it's freedom of, of religion and freedom of speech. And look, I understand freedom of religion and I understand freedom of speech. But at what point are we going to draw a line in the sand and say, listen, you want to go worship Satan and you want to put up satanic uh, gods in places, then you go find you a place to do it. But in public places, we will not promote satanic worship. We will not support, support any kind of thing that is anti-Christ, you know. And somebody said, well, yeah, but they'll put a nativity up next year, or I mean next season or December, you know, coming up. That's not the point. We've got to get to the place where, no, you can't do this. This is wrong, and we're not going to tolerate this because all of these satanic temples and all of these things, they want to push it as this guise of, uh, well, you know, like I said earlier, the one guy said Satan's more of a mascot than anything. It's not really a being, even though we know that he is. They're doing all of these things to try to come off as, you know, they welcome everyone. Everyone is welcome. We just want you to come to a place where you can express yourself. You know, well, I can't express myself because, well, it's kind of, how can a dead man express himself? A dead man's dead. Dead man can't move. A dead man can't think. A dead man can't breathe. A dead man can't eat. But you say, what does that have to do? I'm a dead man. If you're a believer in Christ, if you accepted Jesus into your heart and confessed him as Lord and Savior, you're a dead man. You're a dead woman. You say, well, no, I'm alive. No. 
Bible says I was crucified with Christ. That means I died, but yet I live. Not I, but Christ that lives within me. You see, Wesley died. The new Wesley is just a representation of Christ. Christ lives on the inside of me. So it's not my will, but it's the Father's be done in my life. And here's the bottom line, whether you like it or not. God's will is going to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. The decision is, do you want to do God's will so that you're on his side? Or do you want to constantly work against him and work against his agenda and his will on this earth? Because irregardless, like I said, his will will be done on this earth. So pay attention to these things. I'm not, again, telling you these things that, that it put fear in you because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. But we have to be conscious of what's going on. A lot of times Christians want to turn a blind eye to what's going on in the world. Well, the Bible says to be in the world, but not of it. Yeah, to be in it means to be informed on what's going on in the world so that I know how to stand against it. You know, I don't know why we think when we get saved, we just, God just blocks every attack from us and we just can tiptoe tip through the tulips and, you know, butterflies fly around. We've got to fight the good fight. Like I said earlier, God will, the Holy Spirit will warn us of what's coming. He will tell us how to stand against it, but we have to be informed. We have to pay attention to these things and know that they're going on. I mean, that's in the past month. We've had the um, this abortion clinic has come out with these abortions, ceremonies. They're promoting abortion. They're going to help you and counsel you through it because it's all about your body, your choice, even though that wasn't the case when it come for the jab. But then they come out with this movie this just this week. It was just released telling us of a, a coming attack. Then you have these satanic uh, temple idols and things being put up in our state capitol buildings. I mean, it's disgraceful. I tell you that because this is just the beginning of what's coming. They're going to push this stuff in our face. They're going to blatantly do it. They, there's no regard anymore. They're putting it all out there for us to see because they're promoting all of this as, uh, you know, all about self and making your own choice and, and loving who you want to and loving yourself the way you are and all of these things instead of letting Jesus get on the inside of your life and change you into what he created you to be. So we have to stand against these things, but do not walk in fear. Actually, when you see all of these things happen, it should get you excited. You say, why would this excite me? Because soon Jesus is coming back. We don't have much longer, but what time we do have, we need to be telling people about Jesus, the Savior that died for the sins of the world so that you and I, if we'll accept him, could have eternal life. So we should be encouraged, but at the same time, stay informed. Well, guys, that's all the time we have tonight. I trust that something I've shared maybe has helped open your eyes. Sometimes I, I just I want to do some things that invoke thought that get you to thinking because you can read the word of God and read it and read it, but if you don't meditate on it, you don't think about it, 
you don't think on it and you don't think on the things that are going on in this world and see how everything's lining up with the end time prophecy, you know, that when you begin to do that and do your own research, then you know that you know, and they can't nobody change your mind of what the word of God says. So I hope that did invoke some thought with you, get you to thinking about some of these things. And also where, where is your walk with God, your relationship with him? Where do you stand right now? If Jesus come back before we dismiss off of this podcast, would you get called to eternity? Would you get called to heaven? Would you make it to glory? You see, those are things that we have to think about hard right now. We can't take it for granted because there's not a, a part two or a do-over. You know, when the rapture happens, it's one trip only, you know. So I want you to be uh, aware of these things, but I also want you to make sure that you're ready at any moment for Jesus to call us home. Guys, we love you and we appreciate you again. Hit the like button if you enjoyed this. If you didn't, hit the dislike button. But hit one of them. Just do us that much favor. And then if you want to, you can go over on the other side and hit the share button. Put this out on your social media. If you're listening via podcast, you can download it. You can send it to your friends. There's other people that need to hear this because people need to know that in the midst of this fear, in the midst of this chaos, if you're connected to Jesus Christ, we, you're going to be triumphant, you're going to walk in peace, in joy, and you're going to walk in health. No matter what the enemy throws, God has made a way for you and me. We'll see you next week, guys. God bless.